it's getting better. All right, I'll have to get my glasses on, I think. I won't look at it with my glasses on. <clears throat> There's a little reading I have to do from time to time. Oh, my, what a difference. <clears throat> I wasn't sure what auditorium I was in, but now I can see it. But I can also see you falling asleep now. That could be a problem. <clears throat> Whoa, come on now, speed up. All right, catch the vision. Vision night 2012. Kind of used that uh, last year as well. But this year we're going to go ahead and uh, move right along. We have about 30 slides, so I want to get them to them. And uh, first of all, we had some blessings this year in 2011. I just want to share a couple of those with you. Uh, first of all, we had some souls saved. We have 251 uh, souls that were saved. We had 95 adults, 25 teens, and 131 children. <clears throat> we also uh, had 57 baptisms, 26 adults, 12 teens, and 19 children. And uh, honestly, uh, we can do a lot better than that. We can do a lot better than that. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I'm glad that we saw the 57 get baptized, but that should be about 125 to 130, depending with the 251. We should be at 50% on our baptisms, and that is just a mere matter of work, all right? That's just work. We can do that if we work, all right? But nonetheless, we had 57 baptisms, so I'm excited about the fact that we saw people saved and baptized. That's what church is really all about. Doors knocked this year. We had 45,267 doors knocked. And uh, so we're excited about that. I do believe, and I'm not, I have to double-check this, did that include the 11,000? Okay, so subtract 11,000 from that, and you had 34,000 doors that we actually knocked. We had 11,000 on our, uh, our uh, flyer pass-out that day. There is a difference between knocking doors, soul-winning, and doing a pass-out. So I'm going to subtract the 11,000 out of the 45. That gives us 34,000 doors we knocked this year. Uh, door knocking, soul winning, door to door, and 11,327. Remember that one, one afternoon, two and a half hours, we did over 11,000. Wasn't that something? That's pretty neat, isn't it? And we had a good time that day. That was a lot of fun. God's blessings. We saw a number of things this year, a lot of blessings, and God blessed us, uh, like I say, tremendously. But the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. I read a, a quote by Williams Jennings Bryan. He says, Destiny is not a matter of chance, but of choice. Not something to wish for, but to attain. Not something to wish for, but to attain. <coughs> Go on, Michael, D, uh, Michelangelo, Michelangelo said, The greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that it's too low and we reach it. Talking about vision, we need a large vision, Community Baptist Temple, because where the, there is no vision, the people perish. <clears throat> it's been said that status quo is Latin for the mess we're in. Leaders see what is, but more important, they have a vision for what could be. They're never content with things as they are. Do you hear what I said? Or should I say what the writer said? I just copied that. Donna Harrison states, you say, who's Donna Harrison? That lady. <clears throat> <laughs> Great leaders are never satisfied with current levels of performance. They constantly strive for higher and higher levels of achievement. They move beyond the status quo themselves, and they ask the same of those around them. It wouldn't be fair for a leader to ask that of others but not do the same. 
A leader who loves the status quo soon becomes a follower. Raymond Smith, former CEO and chairman of Bell Atlantic Corporation, once remarked, taking the safe road, doing your job, and not making any waves may not get you fired, right away at least, but it sure won't do much for your career or your company over the long haul. We're not dumb. We know that administrators are easy to find and cheap to keep. Leaders, risk takers, are in very short supply. And ones with vision are pure gold. Talking about vision, it costs something to see a vision come to fruition. A vision with a vision is just simply a dream. That dream takes work to achieve and to reach. You want to make it reality. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of work. <clears throat> but vision. I don't believe we're content with the status quo around here. At least I'm not. I know there's a number of things that we look forward to in the coming year in order to maximize our efforts and to try to make and do better than ever before. But as a result of that, I read that the Apostle Paul said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He says the past is something that's in the past. And as we looked at 2011, we can say to ourselves, Wow, we had a number of successes. God blessed us in a mighty way in so many areas. Sure, there's areas that we want to improve on and do better at, but boy, we could just rest. We could relax on the past. But the Word of God makes it very plain and very clear that this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I want you to notice again that it says, reaching forth unto those things which are before. As a result of that, reaching forth is our theme for 2012. We're going to reach forth this year. And again, the whole verse, or the rest of it says, unto those things which are before. It's easy to get caught in the present or in the past. We've got to reach forth. We can't be content with the status quo. We can't be content with 34,000 doors knocked. We can't be content with 251 souls saved when there's 200,000 people dying and going to hell in Akron. We can't be content with 50... What, seven people being baptized? I'm not saying that it's not a wonderful thing that 57 were baptized, that 251 were saved. I'm just saying that we can't be content. We can't rest. We can't stop there and say, well, we did enough and it's good enough and it's the status quo. No, we need to take another step forward. We need to reach forth unto those things which are before. See, we've experienced some exciting days, some great victories and wonderful prosperity. But this year, I want this year to be the most exciting, the most victorious, and the most prosperous year of all in the history of our church. When I stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ one day, I want to be able to look back on this year as being the most pivotal, prosperous, and productive year of all. And listen, every one of us are going to stand before the Lord one day. And I do. I want to be able to look back when I stand before Him, even if I reach the age of 70 and go, that was a pivotal year in our ministry. That was a prosperous year in our ministry. 
That was a very productive year in our ministry. That set the tone and the stage for the next however many years there are left before Jesus comes. The two most important elements of success in 2012, and I'm going to give them to you right now. Here they are. Listen very closely now. And look very sharply at the picture. God. That's the first element. Don't miss this one. You. That's it right there. In two, two simple elements. God and you. That determines the entire success or failure of Community Baptist Temple. You determine the success of this ministry. You say, no, that's the pastor. That's the paid staff. I don't believe it. I believe in the end, it's the efforts of God's people. I I cannot do anything else. You're going to have to do it. We need men today. It'll take on responsibility and say it's mine. And I won't, I won't sleep until it's done to the finish to the very end. I mean, if I'm in charge of locking these buildings up, I'll drive by at midnight if I have to to make sure every door's locked. If in my mind I think there could possibly be one window or one door unlocked. That's the kind of attitude we need. And boy, I tell you what. The truth is, is there's a two major elements, one God and the other you. Nobody in this room will bear to blame the pastor or the staff for failure at Community Baptist Temple. Now, obviously, if we just take all the money and run to Tahiti, that might be a problem. But you know what I mean, normal. If we just do our job and you do yours, listen, God will bless this ministry. There's no doubt about that in my mind. See, I do have that I will mentality. Remember that thing we talked about this morning? I've seen God do it for the last 17 years. So we need to reach forth in soul winning this year. Of course, the Bible says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the othermost part of the earth. I can knock on a number of doors. So can the staff. But we can't knock on 35,000 or 50,000 ourselves. This year we're going to go to something, and I haven't gotten the name exactly, but it's going to be called Team Soul Winning. I like that team. And what it is basically, it's a soul winning team that's put together. And it will be put together in the month of March. There'll be a prayer partner that will be teamed up with that couple or that team. And they'll be given an area of 1,000 doors to knock for the year. You'll already have your area designated. You possibly are sick on Saturday. You can go anytime during the week. Do whatever you need to do. It's yours. 
Sure, we're going to meet. We're still going to have our, our time of encouragement through the Go Rally and all of that. But so many times, what happens is what we're finding is that a team member says, well, I'm not so motivated anymore, and the other team member stops coming. Or possibly they, they just kind of get, the weather gets bad that week, and they just don't go. And the next thing you know, they don't go the next week. And then the next week, and they're sick, and they don't feel good. We're not going to emphasize big days, this, uh, big promotions this year, and do like like we did in the past, 15, 20,000 doors in three weeks. We're not doing that this year. Everyone will be responsible for their own area. And we're asking people to take the challenge and say, yes, I want an area. I want my own Jerusalem. I'm going to take ownership of that, that, that however many blocks it is, that, that particular area of the city or in one of these suburbs. And not only does it provide ownership, but it provides opportunity. Think about the opportunity for follow-up that this will provide you. Now there'll be no, no time where you'll be so frustrated because you're over here soul winning way out here in, in Uniontown, but you let... What, what happened? I touched something, didn't I? You, uh, you're all the way out in Uniontown somewhere, knocking doors, but you led somebody to Christ up in Calga Falls. And you say, well, I can't get back to them. I can't visit them. I'm just too far. It costs too much in gas. It takes way too much time. You, will never have, you won't have that problem anymore. You'll be able to focus all your energies in one area. You'll be able to follow up every week and still door knock. You'll be able to do just exactly what I did when we started Community Baptist Temple. You'll be able to go into that area. You'll be able to knock those doors. You'll be able to write down a number of prospects. You'll be able to go back through and visit them every week and still be able to knock on a number of doors every week. You'll be able to give them rides because you'll know those people because you'll visit them so many times. You'll be able to really work an area. It'll become your Jerusalem, and you'll be able to follow up, and it'll provide you with flexibility now. Now, when it's extremely cold, you don't have to door knock. You've got all your prospects to revisit. When we have a big day, you already know some people. There's no way. You don't have to worry about that. You go back to your people. You invite them to church. You encourage them. You work out rides if necessary. You do whatever it takes. You get them into God's house because they're your people. That's your neighborhood. If it goes to hell, it's because you don't get it there to heaven. Do you understand where I'm going with this? Hey, listen, you know what I like? I like to be able to drive through areas where I'm going to visit, and I like to be able to go through there and pray before I go visiting. I don't get to do that as much now because we got all the routes already planned out. Until you get here, you don't even know where you're going. Now you'll be able to drive through your area after work, gentlemen. You'll be able to take your car back through and say, man, I can't wait. I'm going to be going door knocking on Saturday. I'm going to run up these streets and pray for these people. I may even take a walk through that area or take a jog or a run through that area. I don't know, but I'll be able to pray. And then I got this other prayer partner that's assigned to me. It might be a couple in our church. It might just be an older gentleman or an older lady or maybe someone that's unable to get out and door knock because of their health or their, their just their, their uh, personal time issues or something. And they'll tie together. They'll partner with that team. And that team will encourage them by sharing their progress. And that person will continue to pray for them and, and keep in touch with them and Together, we'll make this happen. That's kind of what my thoughts are in this process. Team soul winning. A fresh approach. And I do believe it provides some ownership and opportunity. And this is a soul winner's dream right here. Because this is how Community Baptist Temple got started right there. I knocked on thousands of doors right locally. Door after door after door. I was making six and eight and ten calls every week on the same people. And they started coming to God's house. I established a relationship with people. And it made a difference. 
And it will make a difference in your Jerusalem now. What a blessing that will be. Reaching forth in discipleship. We began a, a new discipleship, of course, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. We have what's called daily in the word. We've been working through that. And so we have a number of people that are starting to prepare and ready themselves to train and teach from that particular soul winning material or book. Discipleship is going to begin to take a much more active role in our ministry over the next few years. Um, the goal, of course, will be 100% that everyone, everyone in leadership, everyone in leadership will have gone through our daily in the word. And that will be the goal. Eventually in our ministry, as we grow and we get to a certain size, there will be no one that's teaching or helping in Sunday school or singing in the choir or doing anything in our church that hasn't gone through that program. What that program does and what it does is it sets us in alignment. It puts us all in the same sheet of music. It helps us to understand not only what we're to believe from the Word of God, but it also helps us to realize what this church believes. As you assimilate into our ministry, if you're from another church, you come with your ideas. You come with your particular mindset. Daily in the Word is a, 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 a program, it's a discipleship program that I believe in that I am confident covers all the major doctrines. And it not only does that, but it, it, it also expresses the vision of Community Baptist Temple, the desire that we have to reach our community, the purpose of the church, and how it so fits together, and how each and every piece, meaning you and I, fit together in it. And so as we go forward in the next few years... We'll be moving in that direction. This will take years before we're probably at 100%. Probably grandfather a few of you in. Or grandmother you in. <laughs> but the reality is, is that as new folks come, this will be a requirement, a necessity. And it's so important. People that will finish this course and do it the way it's outlined to do will have a tremendous confidence in the Word of God that most Christians will never, ever possess. It's an amazing program. And it's going to have amazing results if we'll work it. It's one thing to have it on paper, though, isn't it? It's another thing to do it. So anyway, our goal, again, our desire, is that it'll be 100%. And so we're moving in that direction now. And we're excited about that. Looking forward to it. Discipleship was one of the greatest tools in the ministry early on. If there's anybody that's in our church from, this, from the days of the old to this place here you know that we invested time in learning basic fundamental principles. And that's the one area that we have let slip slightly these last few years. And as a result of it, you know what I find? We don't have the people to fill our, the ranks over in our Sunday schools. We don't have people to step up into adult ministries. Right now we're hurting for workers because we have not trained Christians the way they needed trained. If I can be so blunt to admit that we have failed in an area, that would be it right now. Reaching forth in growth as well. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 4.10, O oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me. I like that picture. I have any idea what it meant there, but it was really cool. pushing us. Our adult Bible classes, our adult Bible classes, you'll see them listed there. These are their little logos. And again, our goal is to grow our adult Bible classes this year. They've taken a decline this year. They've gone down. 
And that's not how God intended it. And so we're going to make some changes this year. Things are going to begin to change. The emphasis will be from the top down. And our goal and our desire is to see God bless the ministries of these adult Bible classes. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people within our reach. And the only reason why they're not here is because we don't go get them. We're going to make some changes. Because we want God to bless. And we're going to reach forth in order to bring them in. The best place for an unbeliever is this place. The best place for a backslidden Christian, this place. The best place for someone that wants nothing to do with God, this place. We want them here. I don't care if they got drunk the night before, I want them here. I don't care if you got drunk the night before, I want you here. And if I get drunk the night before, you got a problem. The adult adult Bible class leaders can get away with stuff like that. I can't. I'm okay. Take it easy. I'm trying to be lighthearted. I'm going to get in trouble. Somebody probably recorded that. All right. (laughs) The youth group. We want to move forward this year and reach forth in our youth. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 12:1, "Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth." While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. I'm looking forward to 100% growth by the end of the year. And that's not that much. It's probably 25 or 30 different kids. I want 100%. And I want to see our adult Bible classes jump like that too. I really believe it can happen. I don't see why not, personally. I really don't. How many teens? Stand up if you're a teenager. You're in 7th to 12th grade in here right now. 7th to 12th grade. There they are. How many we got? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. No, you sit down. You're 45. No, no, 23. Okay. Very good. You may have a seat. Don't you think we could have 40 in here by at least 40 or 45 by the end of the year? I think we could. I think Brother Hamilton thinks we could. I really do. He's already talked to me about that. We want to see God do some great things in the adult Bible classes, the youth ministries, reaching forth, the bus ministry. We've had some, we've had some, we've seen some steady growth in some of the bus areas. We're excited about that. We want to see it in our A A routes as well. We're struggling a little bit in the A routes. And uh, we're going to see it as the captains begin to settle down a little bit, as they they start to get their, their feet uh, grounded in their areas. We've had a few changes and we've had a few folks uh, come on into the bus ministry, so we're excited about the potential and the future of the bus ministry. We want to see it grow, go forward. Echo Ministries, of course, always wanting to see that expand, our opportunity to reach out to others. Um, evangelistic Christ honoring outreach is what Echo means. And then Legacy. We only had uh, three full-time students this year. Three full-time. Well, I'd love to see us get 100% growth on that, at least six. Wouldn't that be nice? I'd like to see, uh, ultimately, to see God do some things there. This coming summer, we'll be making a few trips into some other churches, hopefully, and, and uh, you know, try to encourage others from other churches to join our school, to be a part of it. It's really a tremendous opportunity. We've got some very good teachers. 
And we're excited about what God's going to do with Legacy. It's just taking a little more time. We need some leadership in Legacy. Right now I'm running the school. That's not working real good, doing everything else. But it's something that we're going to eventually need some leadership in, someone that will take it and run with it, make it happen. And uh, so we're, we're, we're doing okay, but we certainly need a lot more attention there. And hopefully this year we'll get a little bit more as we move into the final semester this coming year. Uh, <clears throat> reaching forth. Then, of course, we're reaching forth, the carousel. That's a big thing. That's huge. It's really big. Really big shoe. We've got some things we've got to do. Everybody's going to be asking, what are we doing with the carousel, preacher? First of all, I can't get in it yet. I got the key, but I don't know the security code, so don't ask me to see it. I haven't even been in it. We'll get the security code this week, I hope. I'll be able to get in. Define renovation needs and priorities. We need to define the renovation needs and then prioritize them. We're going to have to get some architectural drawings. Then we're going to need to apply for permits. Then we're going to need to raise the funds. We'll raise funds by the sales of our buildings, reaching forth offering in March, and our, obviously some fervent prayer. We're going to then begin the renovations when we get the money this year. And we're going to transition to the carousel. My goal is a year. I'd like to see us in the buildings within a year. By Christmas next year, it'd be nice to be in there. That's what I'd like to see happen. Now, again, that's all dependent on the giving. It's also dependent on the sale of buildings. Those things. So, we've got to move forward on those areas. And again, it's going to take some real faith. Reaching forth in faith. If we're never going to see the carousel come to fruition unless we reach forth in faith. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. Notice he says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. And everything we do for Christ is a work of faith. It ought to be done by faith. Those girls that sang up here tonight, if they didn't sing by faith, then they wasted their time. Now, I got blessed by it, but they wasted their time. Jesus Christ, he knows whether or not they did it by faith or if they did it in the flesh. But I'm, I'm ex excited today because we, by faith, can do a work for God. It can still work today. It still happens today. Hey, yes, he is and he can, but he will. God's done it already. Is there any question that God can provide us the needs and Use you and me and everyone else in a, the, the, within the realm of this ministry to make a difference and put us in that place. Man, I mean to tell you, folks, you cannot imagine at this point what God's going to do with that place. Now, maybe some of you have let God lead you in some things and you've seen some things, but I know I have. God's going to do some great things, but it's going to take some faith. We've got to reach forth with faith. If we're doing it just in the flesh... Yeah, we won't see the vision. It'll never come to fruition. Matthew twenty-one twenty-two says, In all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Two years ago, we started a quest for the carousel. It's taken two years, basically. It looked like it was sold and it was over with and done. We got to a place where we were either going to have to literally build on and change the whole, I guess... Um, 
just go ahead and, and basically, um, I want to say renovate, but that's not what I'm thinking, excavate the entire properties. It would have cost us well over $2 million to do that. The building itself would have cost well over $2 million. It would just be ridiculous, the cost factors. And we began, I, I drove up there with my boys one day at the carousel, and I parked in the parking lot, and I said, we just need to pray. And we took just a few minutes. We didn't spend hours. We prayed. And I left there again, reassured, knowing that we were going to have that place. And sure enough, it wasn't too awfully long later, things worked out, fell into place. And we started that whole journey this year. And on December the 21st, it closed. Then we're going to have to reach forth in finances. Everybody enjoys talking about finances. But we're going to have to have the proper emphasis in our ministry. If God's going to bless Community Baptist Temple, He uses people to do it. You know, I mean, we could all pray that we hit the lottery. You know? Or that some millionaire in our church dies and leaves an inheritance. But last I checked, there's no millionaires here. So unless they join the church real soon, we're in trouble. We need the proper emphasis, though. See, giving is based out of a proper emphasis. If I have the right emphasis, if I put my priorities in the right place, I don't have a problem giving sacrificially. The Bible says, set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. I want to encourage God's people this year to begin to focus their attention on eternity. To realize that this isn't all there is. Betty Tidwell realized just a few days ago, literally, that there was more to life than just living here. And she took that final journey and entered into the presence of Jesus Christ. There's not one thing that Betty did in her life for Jesus Christ that she regrets right now. But there will be a number of things that she did for herself or others that were not done on behalf of Christ that she wishes she would have done differently. And that will be the same with you and I, too. We need to make sure that our emphasis and that our affection is on the things above and not on things on the earth. Then also a practical expression. Not only the proper emphasis, but a practical expression. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, the Bible says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. I didn't say that. But I think in my own life, I'm convinced of it. Because I've watched what God has done. Man, there you go again. I've watched what God has done with that verse in my life. So many of you have seen what God has done with that verse in your life. Not just in your finances, but in every aspect of your life. God is good. God is good. Then we're going to reach forth in fruitfulness. The Bible says in John 15, 8, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Reaching forth in fruitfulness. Well, we've got to make sure that the efforts that we put forth in the ministry are fruitful. Much of what we do, I believe, at times is activity but it doesn't produce any positive results. We need to make sure that every visit is on purpose. We need to make sure that every note is on purpose. 
that every call is on purpose. We need to have a reason for what we do, not just do it for the sake of doing. We need to reach forth in fruitfulness. I keep pushing the wrong buttons. So this year we're going to reach forth. It costs something to reach forth. It costs me. It's cost me. Some of you it's cost you too. But there'll not be one thing that it costs us that we won't be very pleased to have given when we stand before Him face to face. There'll not be one regret when we stand before Him. We may regret things from time to time if we're not careful in this life. Time lost. Finances given. The things that we do and the effort we put forth, the burden and the sweat and the tears that we shed every day. But we'll not regret them when we stand before Him. That's why the proper perspective is so important. Eternity. The future. So what can we do then? We need to grow personally. Everyone in the church needs to step up and grow. Spend time memorizing the Word of God. Spend time in those devotionals that you can pick up at the bookstore back there and buy one of those and every day get in it and glean from men and women of God that have taken the time to grow in their personal lives. Read books and different articles and things that will help grow you and strengthen you. Make you better. Not just as a Christian, but as a person. Because God wants a well-rounded person. See, He wants you to be able to interact with people. Converse with people. Share with people. So you need to be well-rounded. So you need to grow personally. Then grow purposefully. Excuse me, go purposefully. And again, what I'm talking about is in our, our ministry, we need to make sure that we are going for God. I'm talking about reaching out to our community. Those buses need to keep running. We need to put workers on those buses. And we need those Sunday schools to keep staying active and and sharing in a very positive and very productive way. We need to keep going, as I said, with a purpose in the sense that everything I do, everywhere I go, I have a reason for it. When I go to that hospital, I know what I'm going to accomplish when I go to that room. I'm either going there to lead someone to Christ, or I'm going there to encourage them to be in God's house. Not wasting time, just visiting. I want to accomplish something for God's glory. And I think that every one of us need to be very aware of what it is that God wants us to do as we go purposefully. When I go home tonight, i got some purposes for going home. You know, i got reasons for what I do. And you do too, I hope. Everything with a purpose. And then we need to give prayerfully. I touch on it because it's huge. Give of your time, your talents. 
Give of your abilities. Give of your finances as God demands, commands of us. We need to give prayerfully. I'm not afraid to tell you to pray about things in that area. Because I know what God does when I pray about it versus when I don't. So I want to beg you to pray this year. Don't just look at the account and ask what you can do. Instead, get on your knees and ask what God can do. And you'll be amazed what God will do. And then just get plugged in this year. We, we could, I can't tell you how many workers we need in our Sunday schools, but hold on now. Your lifestyle has to reflect that of a Christian lifestyle. We can go out and hire people to play a piano, sing in a choir. But this is a spiritual thing that we do around here. I mean, when people get up and play a piano or sing in this place, they ought to have a heart for God. And if you're going to teach a Sunday school class, you ought to have a heart for God. And that heart is revealed by the way you live and the way you act and the places you go and the things you say and the things you do. I want to encourage some of you to take another step in your Christian life. I want to encourage you to to go the extra mile this year. To put yourself in a place where you can be really used of God. To be faithful in God's house when the doors are open. To spend time daily in God's Word. To pray faithfully and consistently. To separate yourself from the things of this world. And put yourself in a position to be used of God at Community Baptist Temple. And as we strive together and as we work as a team, God will do miracles in this ministry. This is nothing compared to what God wants to do now. Someone says, well, you're not happy with what's going on? Remember, I'm a leader. I'm never satisfied. I always want to go the next mile. Oh, I have a holy dissatisfaction with mediocrity. I hate maintaining things. I like growing things. This is a year for growth. We need it or we will die. Did you hear what I said? I mean it now. I'm not joking with you. There's no reason in the world why we should have not bought that building. We should have bought that building. God intended us to. But if we stop growing and we just maintain, we will die. We will have more attrition this year than last year if we don't build this year. The Community Baptist Temple will only be a skeleton of what it was five years from now, from what it is today, five years from now, if we don't start this year. And I want to encourage you to get in on it. There's no more exciting journey in the world than living and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the greatest life in the world. It's worth giving yourself your all to. And so many of you have been faithful through all so many years. We've seen what God can do. Why don't you get on board with us? Let's make it happen this year. Let's get everybody behind it. In front of it, beside it, and on it. And get plugged in this year. 
And God's going to do a miracle. And you'll look back with your kids. And you'll say, remember? Remember the year we moved into that carousel? Remember how God sent so many souls our way? Remember how God blessed Community Baptist Temple? Remember how our family was so involved and plugged in? Those were the best times of our lives. You'll never regret serving God as a family. Vision night, 2012. Catch the vision. Man, we got big things to do. And the Lord Jesus Christ wants to use you to do it. And He wants to use me. We have an opportunity that very few have now. God's given us so much. Let's be faithful with what God's given us. Let's make sure we don't squander it or throw it away. Let's be diligent, faithful, and devoted. First to Him, and then to Community Baptist Temple and the work of God that He has for each of us. Father, we come to You. I thank You again for just the opportunity that we had to gather tonight. Lord, we... Thank you for the faithfulness of your people through the years. This past year, especially, Lord, we've seen God. We've seen you do so many things. Lord, as we are here this first day, this first evening service of 2012, we want to reach forth, Lord. Father, we want to extend ourselves a little bit more. We want to go even further than we have in the past. We want more souls saved and we want more lives changed. We want to see our adult Bible classes growing, our teen groups growing. We want to see our buses growing. We want to see people being reached with the gospel. Lord, if that's considered prideful, then let it be so in their minds. But Lord, I know better and so do you. You're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Father, there's a whole city dying right now, many without Christ. There are suburbs and communities all around us that need the Lord Jesus, in their life. Father, you've, you've put us here for a reason. This is not by chance. It didn't just happen. We didn't force our way into the buildings uh, over there on Kelly. We, we uh, Father, are there because you put us there. And Father, as we make that transition this year, and it might be a slow one, but Lord, as we begin to make it, may we begin to prepare and ready ourselves internally for that tremendous change that will take place. Father, may we grow as individuals. Then may we grow collectively. Father, may the Word of God be real in our lives and in our homes, our families. May we be stronger Christians than ever as we prepare, Father, for Your future. It's not our future. It's Yours. It's not really our vision. It's Yours. Father, I just pray, dear God, that you'd bless now. Father, there may be somebody in this room right now that's lost without Christ. Lord, there may be a believer here also that just needs to say, I'm going to recommit myself to the Lord once again. I'm going to get on board with the Lord Jesus. I've allowed some things in my life or have slipped in some area or another. And I want God to have first place as of tonight as we go into this new year. Father, help us now, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So if you have plays, please 
Stand to your feet if you're able tonight.